What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, f***ing geek. A, a f***ing like geek. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. What's up and welcome into another episode of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel flying solo this week, working on a couple of things with the podcast over the next couple of weeks, uh, looking to add, I think, a little bit more frequency to the podcast in terms of more than once a week, especially as we get a little bit closer to the NBA postseason. We're only a month away from the end of the year. I guess I should say the end of the season, right? Put it the proper way. Um, regular season ends on May 15th. So as of today, this is April 15th in which we're recording. We are exactly one month away from the final day of the regular season. So as we approach the end of the regular season, as we get closer into the postseason, I think we'll be adding a little bit more frequency to the episodes for all of you guys that are listening and gals really appreciate the support as always. And when you can like rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So like I said, just me this week efforting one Mitch Moss to join us at some point on the pod sometime soon. But there's a lot to get to in this episode, So, and it's a busy day. It's a really busy day in the NBA today, so it's a good day that we're recording this because a lot has come down. In fact, i got to write this down. As I started recording the news that Zach Levine is going to miss some time as he enters health and safety protocols, just hit social media, so we'll have to touch on that, the ramifications uh, for a Chicago Bulls team who... 
has been frankly disappointing since they went out and acquired Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Got Jokic on the brain. The wrong Nikola. Nikola Vucevic. We're going to talk about Jokic coming up in a little bit. But, yeah, wildly disappointing for the Chicago Bulls to not only miss Levine, but since they've gotten Nikola Vucevic, that has been wildly disappointing up to this point. But I think we should start uh, the biggest story of the day that came down, and that is out of Brooklyn, where the Brooklyn Nets have now lost the Marcus Aldridge. Uh, the NBA has lost the Marcus Aldridge. So the Marcus Aldridge abru- uh, abruptly retires from basketball. Announced that earlier today on social media, or, uh, Aldridge Apparently played with an irregular heartbeat, and the Nets lost to the Los Angeles Lakers over the weekend. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to get into with this, right? Uh, but first, really do want to extend out, even though I know Lamarcus Aldridge does not listen to this. Uh, as a basketball fan, that sucks. Lamarcus Aldridge, a really good basketball player, a very long career in the NBA. Obviously, longtime Portland Trailblazer, as we know. Uh, 2006 NBA draft, you know, he's been a big part of the NBA for a very long time. He's been one of its best players for a very long time. And to end a career like this with health problems that don't just go away by taking a couple of games off, it really does suck. So LaMarcus Aldridge really do hope that his health uh, gets better and hope that he recovers from something like this because it's a really, really big bummer, at least for me, to see a guy go out in this fashion, especially after such a great and illustrious career that he had. So uh, a lot of the angles to attack this, let's just start this from the big picture perspective, right? What what does this mean for the Brooklyn Nets championship chances? Personally, I don't think it really changes much, right? The numbers with him are really good for Brooklyn, but it's over an incredibly small sample size, right? To give you some of those, the Nets plus 9.5 and 263 possessions with Aldridge on the floor. That's according to cleaning the glass. Their offensive efficiency, 120.2 points, every 100 possessions, gave up 110.6. A couple of things that stick out to you, though, one, right? The sample size, again, very small. Uh, the other that stuck out to me was, out of all the lineups that qualified for cleaning the glasses, you know, lineup tracker that they have, Kyrie Irving was on the floor with him in every single one of those lineups. So, again, when you look at it from the perspective of what Brooklyn is missing, Take those numbers with a grain of salt, given the sample size and the fact that a guy like Kyrie Irving has been on the floor with him 100% of the time. We haven't really seen LaMarcus Aldridge operate in a big role with Brooklyn without any of these guys like we have seen a lot of these guys have to do, considering that Irving, Harden, and Kevin Durant have been in and out of the lineup throughout this entire season. But you also just go back to the LaMarcus Aldridge over the last few years, the basketball player, as we know him, right? You know, there's a reason why he was available to the Brooklyn Nets on the buyout market. San Antonio had a negative 4.6 net rating with him on the floor this season compared to a plus 1.2 with him off. Last season, San Antonio outscored their opponents by 2.6 points every 100 possessions with him off the floor, negative 3.6 with Aldridge on the floor, right? So it has been a really long time. I shouldn't say really long, but it's been a couple of seasons since we have seen like overwhelmingly positive numbers coming out of minutes with LaMarcus Aldridge on the floor for the team that he had been playing with in the San Antonio Spurs. And looking past that, look, I I said this when they got LaMarcus Aldridge, that I wasn't the biggest fan of the move, just given what the Brooklyn Nets already had at the center position, right? Jeff Green, I I have extolled the virtues of Jeff Green. Is that how I say that phrase, by the way? I have no idea, right? When they went to go get Blake Griffin, I, I said this immediately on this very podcast. You know, they have, I think, the Brooklyn Nets, a really solid option in terms of a small ball center and Jeff Green, right? Green 
his center minutes are really good, plus 5.1. How about Jeff Green in the starting lineup with the superstars, right? Harden, Irving, Harris, Durant, and Jeff Green at center, a lineup you assume you would see a lot of once the postseason gets started. Nets plus 26.7 per 100 possessions. And outside of Green, you have Nick Claxton, who's been developing really nicely at the center position. Whenever, Nick's, uh, whenever Nick Claxton plays center this year for the Brooklyn Nets, Nets outscore uh, the opposition by 13.9 points every 100 possessions. And with Harden at point guard, Claxton at center, that net rating, plus 12.4. You know, this is, this is as good as it's going to get for the Brooklyn Nets in terms of their center position. There's not really a lot of other options out there for them to fill now this roster spot that they have with the absence departure of LaMarcus Aldridge. But I, I don't think this is... Essentially, whatever your analysis was, whatever your read was of the Brooklyn Nets, personally, I don't think it should be altered with the loss of LaMarcus Aldridge, much like I thought it shouldn't have been altered with the addition of LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, in the next few games, does the absence of LaMarcus Aldridge hurt? Sure, right? Because James Harden's been hurt, because Kyrie Irving has been taking these personal days, because Kevin Durant sits out second legs of back-to-backs, right? That's where you're going to feel the absence of LaMarcus Aldridge. But again, when you're talking about assessing the field, what it looks like from this perspective in terms of the Nets competing for the Eastern Conference, right? the Nets competing for an NBA Finals, they were still going to have the issues that they have. They're still going to have all of the positives that they have, right? We just saw the other day, Joel Embiid, just the other day, it's Thursday, they played yesterday, just saw Joel Embiid yesterday against him drop 39 points. They're still going to have those problems without LaMarcus Aldridge on the floor, right? They're still not going to have a true defensive match for a guy like a Joel Embiid down low, and that's going to be tough for them. But it's not going to, and it shouldn't, I think, alter your perception of what the Brooklyn Nets are at this point right now. So there's still the fact, like, like the topic we touched on with ER last week in the pod, right, on the weekend edition. The power rating on this team, how strong they are, even though we have yet to see them complete – I completely, you know, this has been a topic over the last couple of days that I've been asking all the VEASAN hits, right, about how now we're a month away from the postseason. At some point, are we going to see this team together? And you would think that day is coming, right? Kevin Durant is healthy now. Now you're just waiting for Harden to get healthy with his own hamstring issue. But the numbers are really good with all three of them together. And I kind of, and maybe this is wrong of me, but I stubbornly kind of look through a lot of what we're seeing here with this team and really do believe that, hey, once we get them all together, which we have seen little bits and pieces of, this team is going to be pretty freaking good, the Brooklyn Nets. And it shows out in some of the numbers, and again, it's a small sample size here, but James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant on the floor together. Net rating, according to Brooklyn, or excuse me, according to Cleaning the Glass, a plus 13.1, but fewer than 400 possessions. So again, got to see it put together. They are in danger of potentially being a Clippers-type team. Remember last year, the Clippers didn't really play together, fell apart in the postseason, that seemed to be more of a personality-driven issue as opposed to health and continuity with one another. But we'll see what's going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets. But I do think that the takeaway here, when it comes to just the purely basketball perspective for LaMarcus Aldridge and his abrupt retirement, it's that the Brooklyn Nets are power-rated the same afterwards, just like they were power-rated the day before he retired. Now, there's a couple of other things really quickly that I think st- like branch off from this LaMarcus Aldridge deal that I wanted to touch on. And it's just, look, it's an NBA handicapping podcast, those types of things. You know, we'll get into a couple of the other aspects 
of what's going on around the league from a sports betting perspective. But just really quickly, two things. One, the thing that really bugged me, the social media fervor over this whole entire deal. Sham Sharanya reporting, right, tweets out immediately when look, Marcus Aldridge announces his retirement. Lamarcus Aldridge has retired. Social media does what social media does. It immediately jumps on Lamarcus Aldridge, makes fun of him, puts out memes, talks about Andre Drummond, putting him into retirement, all of these things. And then you realize literally two minutes later that it's because of a heart issue and everybody starts pointing fingers at Sham Sharanya. That's wrong. Shams tweeted out a fact. Because social media couldn't keep it in their pants and wanted to immediately jump down the throat of LaMarcus Aldridge and make fun of him, which we do with basketball players all the time. And, you know, I have my reasonings as to why this happens with basketball players and the NBA specifically. But regardless, all of that, it's ridiculous that Sham Sharanya is the one actually getting pointed at, including, I, I just, I, I can't do it. Right. Not the podcast for it. Not the format for it. Kind of bothered me. But I also think, too, the other part of this is, and I get into arguments with this all the time with Lombardi, you know, every time I'm on Lombardi line. We got to pump the brakes with the making fun of these players because of the sitting and everything. They're sitting for a reason. They're dealing with stuff for a reason. And the constant jabs that we heard going into the game against the Philadelphia 76ers, that at least these guys are getting the rest that they need and the sarcastic comments about them missing time, Well, now we know why LaMarcus Aldridge wasn't playing in that game. And I would, I would challenge anybody who honestly believes, like when we make these comments all the time, give me an example of a guy, do you think, is faking it? Like the constant example is Kyrie Irving. Yeah, Kyrie Irving, he takes personal days. I think that's a little weird, right? I'm not, I, like, that's the one shining example that a lot of people have. But outside of that, all of these players are treated like they're almost faking a lot of the injuries that they have. When in reality, this is something that a lot of them are dealing with. Kevin Durant had a legitimate hamstring issue. James Harden had a hamstring issue, rushed back because a lot of people, right, want that to happen for some reason. And what happens? He aggravates it. Now he has to miss even more time. So I just, the constantly, the, the constant on players all the time. When it comes to injuries, I think it's just got to stop. But it's not going to stop anytime soon, and it's not going to get solved on a podcast about the NBA. And more than likely, if you're listening to what I'm talking about right now, you actually have an interest in the NBA, and there is a very good chance that you might even agree with me. So neither here nor there. So again, LaMarcus Aldridge abruptly retires, and the sentiment that we were talking about with ER last week about the way to attack the Brooklyn Nets in the postseason, the way to attack the Brooklyn Nets from a betting perspective, all the value is betting against them at this point right now now there's a good way to do it right I think I've brought this up a couple of times in the spots that I have done around the network at VSIN Circa one of the few actually I have one of the only that I have found that offers the yes no playoff props the no on them to not win the title minus 275 there's a lot of value in a number like that there really is the Brooklyn Nets are a really good team and I believe they are the highest power rated team there's another team that we're going to discuss today that I think is real worth the conversation that is potentially sneaking up. But at minus 275, it's a relatively good price in a league like the NBA to not win an NBA title. So a couple of other things that came out today on Thursday. Like I said, this is a really, really freaking busy day. We get back to the MVP. A long pause for me. I'm a stubborn guy. 
but I'm a stubborn guy because I feel like I have some relatively educated and smart takes, I guess you want to call them. Like a lot of my opinions are based in logic and numbers. And I know that probably sounds really hoity-toity and stuffy, but it's, I try to approach everything from a very logical perspective. And so I started the James Harden MVP campaign. And I think for a long time, actually, no, there, I don't even think, there's no question that Harden was indeed in contention for MVP. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets come anywhere close to where they're at in the standings. Remember going into that game against Philly the other night, both teams identical records for the number one overall seed. They're not there, the Brooklyn Nets, without James Harden. But Harden comes back from the hamstring issue. Re-aggravates it. It's April 15th. He's played a total of four minutes in the month of April. And I hate to say it. But the MVP campaign is just about done here for James Harden. I know, I know, I know. But there's also other reasoning behind it. The injury really hurts. But it's also that Nikola Jokic is starting to distance himself from the field. And we have evidence of this. Tim Bontemps, I don't know if you remember, what, two months ago? Released a straw poll. I think he does it every year. Polling 100 media members. Same way that they vote for the MVP after the season is over. He does this a couple of times throughout the season. Well, he just released his latest edition of the straw poll. Took votes over the weekend, right before the Jamal Murray injury. And as a result of this straw poll from Tim Bontemps of ESPN, Nikola Jokic took 90 of the 101 first-placed votes cast in this straw poll that he put together. Jokic had 90 of the 101. Joel Embiid came in behind him with five first-place votes. There were a smattering of others who got first-place votes. Damian Lillard got two. James Harden got one. Shout-out to the one, by the way. Good for you, guy. It's not for me or gal. It's not me, but shout-out to the one. Let's go. Somebody recognizes the greatness of Harden. Chris Paul got two. Kawhi got one. And those were all the guys that got first-place votes. But overall, a massive, massive edge for Nikola Jokic for MVP. 969 total points for Nikola Jokic. Second place was Joel Embiid with 401. Now, so here's the question, because that's a massive gap. And if we maintain status quo here, Nikola Jokic is going to win the most valuable player. The question becomes, when you look at a poll like this, you see this massive edge, and then you look around and you see prices that are about minus 225, then you ask yourself, well, is that worth looking at? Because at minus 225, we're talking about an implied probability of 69.2%, If this straw poll is accurate, and we're talking about an edge of 568 total points between Jokic and the second-place player in Joel Embiid, minus 225 is some pretty good value. My problem becomes, well, one, I'm already invested in MVP in a couple of spots, right? Damian, oh, excuse me, Damian Lillard. um, LeBron James, Donovan Mitchell, and James Harden, where this is not something where I want to get involved in. The other problem, and this is for most of the people out there, 
is laying a price like minus 225 and in a season in which the games are so compact, a season in which GMs are voicing their displeasure with how compact these games are and they believe them to be a big reason why we see this massive influx of injuries lately, are you entirely confident that Nikola Jokic, who, by the way, to his credit in a season like this, has not missed a game. Can he get out of the regular season unscathed? And that's the worry, right, with a price like that. And look again, you only have a month left in the season. And minus 225 with a month left in the season, again, I do think that there is value in that number. But there is that fly in the ointment of the schedule, the compact nature, what it does to these guys' bodies. And just the the risk that Jokic might not be available. Again, you don't want to assume injury. And I hope this isn't coming off as me wishing him injury. I don't think it is. But that's just the risk, I think, when it comes to laying such a beefy price like that. I think there is some value in it. But I just, I couldn't, I if I did not have a ticket on MVP, what we have seen from these guys, hell, what we've seen from this MVP race, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, James Harden, all of these guys at one point or another going down with injury. Two of them still sidelined, and LeBron James and James Harden just got a lot. Just I'm really skittish about laying a price like that, given what we've seen up to this point. But it is pretty eye-opening that Nikola Jokic is the guy at this point right now. And I am, again, I am a man who operates off of logic. Logic says the James Harden campaign is dead. I said it. It's over. And I'm very upset about that. A couple of other angles to get to here on Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Again, really want to really appreciate you joining us, listening to it. Like, rate, review, subscribe. You can get up on Twitter as well. Send in any questions you got at me, JVT. Again, I did this last time. Didn't get any emails, not that I saw, but whatever. JohnVon191 at yahoo.com. If you want to send in any questions to the pod, just put Hardwood Handicappers in the subject line and talk about that. And I am, you know, trying to work on a couple of different things with the podcast. You know, we're only, what, six episodes in. I mean, for, for those who don't really know, and we don't spend a lot, but the podcast medium is so weird and so different. Like, for me, you know, I'm a guy who, for those who don't know my background, you know, came up through radio, right? Went to school for media and journalism, and it's such a weird dynamic sitting here and talking to you guys, knowing that you'll hear this, but you're not going to hear this for a little bit as it's recorded, it's delayed, pretty much talking into nothing. I feel like at times the vibe of the podcast has been a little up and down, a little disjointed. We're trying to figure out our identity a little bit over the next few weeks and into the postseason. Hopefully by the time we get to the next season, and this will continue throughout the offseason, and this is really something that I want to continue to build. So if you're listening to it now, I very much appreciate you and in five years when it's the biggest NBA podcast in the world. Hopefully, you'll remember this day. But we're looking to add a little bit more as we go forward. So, with that, a couple more things we should get to here. Uh, First off is the fact that, let's talk about the Chicago Bulls really quickly. Because the Bulls have been, I, I think at least, a disappointment. Like, I thought, and maybe even disappointment is probably kind of strong, right? What did you really expect realistically from the Chicago Bulls when they went and got Nikola Vucevic at the trade deadline? I don't think we kind of expected this, right? As of this point right now, Chicago Bulls have lost four consecutive games. By the way, three of four of those, by the way, four out of the last five, I should put it this way, 
have gone over the total. They've started to look a little bit more like the team I expected, right, in terms of higher scoring games, relatively poor defensively. But just overall, this has been, I think, a, a very disappointing experiment for the Chicago Bulls, the addition of Vucevic, and what you're seeing, right, like from just a statistical standpoint. But the news today is that Zach Levine has entered health and safety protocol and that he is expected to miss several games, as it is put in the report, while he's in this health and safety protocols. But let's just take a look at the numbers with Nikola Vucevic really quickly first to give you an idea of what we have seen with Chicago and and what the disappointment has been. According to Cleaning the Glass, Nikola Vucevic on the floor, on the, floor the Chicago Bulls outscored by 10.7 points every 100 possessions. Offensive rating, just garbage, 109.8. Here's the thing. The handicap at the beginning was actually kind of right. Nikola Vucevic on the floor, Bulls defensive efficiency, 120.5. That's what I was expecting. That is something that we saw coming. But the offensive efficiency being absolutely in the tank is not something we saw at all. And even look at like some of the lineups too, man. Like, for example... You know, the most used lineup with Vucevic on the floor has been Sadoransky, Levine, Patrick Williams, Thaddeus Young, and then Vucevic at center, right? 235 possessions played with that lineup according to Cleaning the Glass, plus 1.7 net rating. But it's been because, shockingly, that lineup is actually decent defensively, giving up just 108.9 points every 100 possessions. That offensive efficiency with that lineup is only 110.6. Like, that, to me, has been the most astonishing facet of what has happened with Nikola Vucevic being a member of the Chicago Bulls, is the fact that for some reason, whatever it is, they just can't get it together on the offensive end of the floor. And look, it's a relatively small sample size. There is a chance that this team probably could have put some stuff together, right, as they work out through some of their issues. But like at some point, we're watching this team play a couple of these games and you realize that, you know what, like, I just don't know, don't think this thing is going to work. And you saw over these last four games, I mean, Chicago from an offensive efficiency standpoint over the last few games. Listen to some of these numbers. 90.9 against the Memphis Grizzlies. 110.2 against the Atlanta Hawks. Just hasn't really looked that good. Now you look at it from a couple of standpoints. Look at this since Nikola Vucevic has been with the team. Let's take a look at some of the numbers since Vucevic has been with the team. Since Vucevic was acquired, Chicago Bulls 3-8 and eight, straight up. Five covers as well. And that was a stretch of actually five consecutive covers, if you remember from March 31st all the way up to April 8th, they had covered five consecutive games. They won three straight the back end of that, right? They beat Brooklyn, they beat Indiana, and they beat Toronto. You kind of thought that maybe they were going to start to take off in the right direction. Offensive rating for the team, the Chicago Bulls, the team, since Vucevic has been there, 110.9. Defensive rating, 115.4. That's scored by 4.5 points every 100 possessions. It just hasn't, it has not jived for whatever reason it is. And now you look at it from the perspective, right? One, one of the things that we discussed on this very podcast, right? About how do you attack this? Because a lot of people always go, hey, trade deadline. What do we do? How do we attack the futures market? Who's going to win a title? When in reality, I was like, well, you know, maybe look at Chicago to actually make it into the postseason. 
but Indiana has turned things around a little bit. And now all of a sudden, there's a four-game gap as of Thursday, April 15th, between Chicago and the Pacers for the nine seed. And Chicago is just one game ahead of Toronto, who's outside of the playoff picture, or play-in picture, I should put it that way. Not what I was expecting at all. Not what I was expecting. And with this Levine injury, that makes it even worse. Because from an efficiency standpoint on the offensive end, you've been struggling lately with Levine playing some of these minutes. And now that Levine is going to be off the floor, what's going to happen to your offense? On the season when Levine is not on the floor, offensive rating 107 flat. 19th percentile among qualified lineups in the NBA. Now their defense gets better, right? Defensive rating without Levine on the floor, 108.6. But in today's NBA, you need offense. And now all of a sudden, that 2-to-1-ish price on the Chicago Bulls to make the postseason obviously doesn't look as strong anymore considering they've lost four straight and this offense has completely disappeared. So Zach Levine going to be missing a little bit of time according to Adrian Wojnarowski and others. We'll see if he's going to make it at some point, you know, come back. They can make that push for the postseason, but a really, really disappointing start for the Vucevic era in Chicago gets even worse now that Zach Levine won't be on the floor. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast, only on the VSIN Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. By the way, Zach Levine actually had a sneaky good campaign for a most improved player, so that seems to be all but done, and most improved uh, seems to be kind of locked up, by the way. Locked up is not... I should bleep that out. Bleep that out. Julius Randle seems to have a very strong grip. 
on most improved. And that's not just a reflection of the betting odds, by the way. You know, I think we get lost sometimes in the sports betting space when you look at odds, especially for awards, not realizing that, hey, these are voters who have different minds. These are all independent humans. We have no idea how over 100 humans are going to vote for a single award and what their opinions are on certain things. But Chris Mannix uh, came out with a pretty good piece the other day, kind of giving some credence to the fact that Randall has a, a very strong grip on the most improved. He took a look at all the awards and one of them, one of the blurbs in there was about Julius Randle, his strength in terms of winning the award. Also mentioned the, the Zion Williamson thing, which remember, we wrote about that a couple of weeks ago. Zion Williamson to win most improved is actually a conversation in league circles. So you can still run out there and get that. I haven't checked the price on that in a while. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, I bet that at 100 to 1. It's at least having the conversation. Wanted to talk about one more team before we get to a couple of other news and notes on the podcast. Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, which, by the way, has become like one of the more frustrating. I don't even want to call it a sweat at this point right now. Celtics are, as of Thursday, still one loss away from clinching the under on their win total. You know, they got there after they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers just over a week ago. For those of you who don't know, I have an under on the Boston Celtics win total. And I'm just sitting back waiting, like, come on, let's go. I just need one more loss. But they refuse to lose. They refuse to lose and just let me get this thing. But they have been playing a lot better. So the Celtics in their last 12 games, 8-4 and four straight up, 7-4-1 and one against the spread, a plus 6.6 net rating. Biggest change has been the defense, right? It, this defense has been inconsistent all year. Didn't really put together solid stretches. Remember, they were terrible on the road. They had approached like 20th in defensive efficiency away from home. Well, during this winning streak that they're on, 108.2 points allowed, every 100 possessions. I mentioned this in the game notes today. Look, you can call me skeptical, like I am. 12 games isn't big enough for me to think that the Boston Celtics have turned this around. The Celtics have been a topic of conversation almost all of the time, and they should be, right? They have two really good young stars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Really intriguing pieces littering in this roster, including obviously Kemba Walker, long in the tooth, and Marcus Smart, dynamic defender, creates a lot of chaos. We know about all these guys. But part of the reason why I had bet that under was a flaw with the construction of their roster. It is a team that is not overwhelmingly deep. It is a team that lacks size. A team that has no real answer for a Joel Embiid type, right? I mean, and we could talk about Brooklyn not really having the answer. At least they have somebody that is in the same general size range <laughs> of Joel Embiid to throw at him in DeAndre Jordan and, to a lesser degree, Nick Claxton. But Boston doesn't really have that much. And the reason why there is some skepticism on my end is because even if you go back to that game that we're kind of referencing here, right? The Celtics contest. If you look at that game, right? That was a really comfortable win for the Philadelphia 76ers. 35 points for Joel Embiid. Went 9 of 19 from the floor. 16 of 20 from the free throw line. And so in matchups with a team like the Philadelphia 76ers. And again, it's the number one overall seed in the Eastern Conference. I think a lot of people would be like, come on, it's one of the best teams in the NBA. Of course, it's going to be a bad matchup. But little performances like that, 
That's why my skepticism remains. If we're talking, hey, Boston can now compete for the Eastern Conference again. Just don't buy that. Hey, now Boston can maybe make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals yet again. I don't buy that. And two, I mean, let's be honest, right? We're talking about the stretch of games that they have at this point right now. Some of their wins during this 8-4 run, we're talking about the Portland Trailblazers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New York Knicks, the Charlotte Hornets, the Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Milwaukee Bucks, who I think they're a matchup nightmare for, which we'll get to in a little bit. Had that really good win against the Denver Nuggets where they went on that was ridiculous run at the end in the fourth quarter to seal it up, outscored them 31-8 to in the fourth quarter to get that win. But it's not exactly a who's who of teams that they're beating. And you also look at the losses. Mentioned the Philadelphia loss. Very comfortable loss. The loss to the Dallas Mavericks and the New Orleans Pelicans, both of which the final score not indicative of what happened in those games. Blown off the floor in the first half of both of those games Boston was before making it tight in the second half, giving more credence to the fact that this team needs to lock it to bleep up defensively. Making it actually, I think, a little bit more inexcusable because their second half defensive performances in those games were absolutely incredible. But the defense is back a little bit here. Again, defensive rating over these last 12 games, 108.7. Looks pretty good. So I don't want to buy Boston in the big picture. I don't want to buy Boston to win the Eastern Conference. I don't want to buy Boston really to win multiple playoff series. But I do want to buy Boston in one particular series. And I'm really curious how we see this play out. Because of this winning streak, Boston is now in control of the five seed. If the season were to end today, it would be a 4-5 matchup between them and Atlanta, which I would totally watch. I think it would be a lot of fun both of the, if the, both of those teams were fully healthy. And look, maybe they get Atlanta too because Atlanta is really banged up. You know, right, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, all these guys out of the lineup for an extended period of time. Trey Young's dealing with the calf contusion again today's Thursday, so hopefully he comes back against the Milwaukee Bucks. But that's the team. That's the team that I think Boston would not mind seeing in the first round that could potentially propel them into the second round, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks. From a matchup perspective, I think that the Boston Celtics would drive the Milwaukee Bucks insane. And we saw it about, what, two, three weeks, three weeks ago? They split a two-game set with the Milwaukee Bucks, covered both of those games really tight, But I brought this up with Gil Alexander the other day on his show, A Numbers Game, where, you know, I'm kind of tired of hearing about Milwaukee and the trying things out type of deal. Like, at some point, you're just bad along the perimeter, right? We are now, what are we in right now? I'm terrible at math. Well over 50 games into a 72-game season. The Bucs are 25th in opponent three-point shooting. They are 28th in opponent corner three-point shooting. They are 16th and above the break three-point shooting defensively, right? Give up 38.4% to their opponents from beyond the arc overall, 44% of the corners. At some point, you're not experimenting anymore, and you are a team that has consistently been poor in this area of the floor. The Bucks have ranked 24th or lower in three of the last four seasons in perimeter defense. That is not going away anytime soon. And now, 
why this, I think, really works in the Boston Celtics' favor is the way that this team is played. The Celtics, and the way they play offensively, 12th in frequency of three-point attempts, 37.1. Don't take a lot of corner threes. Majority of them come from above the break. 29.6% of their shots come in non-corner threes. Top 10 three-point shooting team. Sixth best non-corner three-point shooting team. 12th best in turn of corner threes. And from a shooting perspective, they're ninth at the rim, but that's not really what this is focused on here. The Celtics are a perimeter-oriented offense. There's a reason why in those matchups with Milwaukee, those games were so tight. In both of those games, and again, I'm talking about the ones on the 24th and the 26th of March, offensive rating of 119 and an offensive rating of 117.9. And remember, they played as well in the first game of the season all the way back on December 23rd. Offensive rating for the Celtics in that game, 122 flat. The Celtics match up really well with the Milwaukee Bucks. And if that is a playoff series that is going to happen, you're more than likely, you should be, getting a plus price on the Boston Celtics, and that is a price that I want. I don't want Boston to win the Eastern Conference, and I don't want Boston, again, like I said, have to dive a little bit more into that Atlanta Hawks matchup. But, by the way, the results of the last time we saw these teams, those two teams face off, that wasn't really that good in favor of the Boston Celtics. If you remember that uh, matchup on February 24th, it was a 127-112 final, and they got smoked, and they are 1-2 against the Atlanta Hawks this season. But the Bucks, I think, they're willing to take that matchup. So if that's a first-round matchup, I'm in. But if you're going to ask me if I'm buying into Boston in terms of big-picture stuff, nah, not yet. Got to see a little bit more, and even then, I think this roster construction is extremely flawed. Clean up two things really quickly before we get you out of here. First thing, I just want to kind of expand on this. You know, I talked about this the last few days on the network. Uh, obviously, we have a platform now here. Wanted to write about it as well. But the whole six-man of the year thing uh, on Joe Ingles, because I do think this is pretty interesting. And, and I wanted to start with this, because I said this to Gil. I think I said this to Tim Murray, right? This thought did not just pop up in my head on my own. You know, this is why it helps to take in, I think, at least, a lot of stuff when it comes to NBA media. Was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast the other day, and he mentioned that he didn't even think that Jordan Clarkson was the best three uh, six-man-of-the-year candidate on the Utah Jazz. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Joe Ingles having that kind of a season, huh? Yes, I'm sorry for those of you who are out there. I knew Joe Ingles was having a great season, but some of the numbers that Zach, men- Zach Lowe mentioned, I was like, let me look into this. Six-man-of-the-year was not a race that I had been tracking. Look into it. Put up the blind resume the other day up on social media, and you see that, right? The points per game, it's a massive edge in favor of Jordan Clarkson. Massive. There's no denying that one, obviously. Numbers, you can't really can't debate numbers. But field goal percentage, three-point percentage, true shooting percentage, net rating, all overwhelmingly in favor of Joe Ingles. So the number was 12-1. to 1. Over at BetMGM, when we started talking about it, well, they must have heard the campaign because I just checked my phone right now and it's down to six to one. So that is another race that I'm kind of in on. We keep a track of this as you go forward. Uh, but 12 to one is a future that I had added into the pocket on Joe Ingles. I think it's going to be a really incredible race to watch there, too, because uh, there's not really very often, right? We had that last year was Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams on the Los Angeles Clippers. 
that this is going to be a pretty fascinating race to track given how much of a favorite Jordan Clarkson had been to win this award. So now again, BetMGM was the one that had the 12 to 1. Uh, right now, Jordan Clarkson now up, um, down to minus 600 and Joe Ingles up to 6 to 1 to win that sixth man of the year award. And finally, just because this is fun, very quickly, if you have a futures ticket on the Oklahoma City Thunder to go over their win total, oh my God, do I feel bad for you. The Thunder have been awful. And of course, on Wednesday night, what happens? They give up 140 points to the Golden State Warriors. They continue to lose these games, still sitting at three wins away from clinching the under or the over, excuse me, on their win total. That is that is going to be an incredible sweat the rest of the way, man. That is absolutely nuts. I cannot wait to see the conclusion of that. I'm sorry if you got it over because that has become a sweat that you do not deserve. All right, again, one more time, please. A shortened version of the podcast, Flying Solo Today. Really appreciate you tuning in, listening. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe if you could. It would be very, very much appreciated. I am in Toxin uh, chatting about trying to get this out on a little bit more of a frequent basis uh, to take you a little bit more behind the scenes. You know, we've changed the way that we've recorded it. I'm sure you can tell just by listening. So we've changed it to the way that now we can take the probably put these out a little bit more frequently. So really hoping to put that in really trying to find the identity. You know, I am kind of a broadcasting nerd. I, I, I know what it takes to put together a pretty good show. And I don't think that this show is anywhere near its peak. I really want to bring it toward the top uh, in terms of just listenability. I don't really care about charts, things like that, but making a product that I'm proud of and a product that entertains you and, and informs you. So uh, as we kind of work through the bumps and iron out all of the wrinkles on this show, just want it to be known that it is very much appreciated uh, that you're hearing my voice right now. So again, like, rate, review, subscribe. Get in touch on social media if you can, and we will be back soon here on the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.